Hey there, it's Kelly from Zinimi. Before we get started on today's episode, I want to invite you to one of our greatest trainings ever. It's how to build and grow a profitable solo or group practice sustainably. All you got to do is check it out at zinimi.com slash podcast. All right, on to our episode. Welcome back to starting a private practice podcast. Today, we're going to be diving deeper into the frequently asked questions about settling on and creating a sustainable vision for your private practice as a therapist. In today's episode, we're going to answer some of the top questions that come up for us as coaches when it comes to creating a vision for your practice. From talking about how you start your practice, if you have another job, to what you want it and if it's even possible and how you create something that may feel slightly impossible at this moment. So let's dive in. It's going to be fun. All right. One of the questions we received, how do I start my private practice if I already have another job? Oh, this is such a great question because most of us do not have the privilege to just say, you know, I've got this trust fund that's sitting out here. Some of y'all do, but I did not have this right at all. Um, I've, I'm already working 30 or 40 hours a week. Um, I'm making, we know that we're the worst paid master's degrees as mental health professionals. And so we're not making really like a livable wage. And we're usually kind of a little bit overworked. Some of you may even have the experience of, well, it's supposed to be a 40 hour job, but I don't have time to do my notes and I'm punished if I, if I don't do my notes within that time, but what I'm really working is 50 or 60 hours. Maybe that's additional time after, you know, with the drive or picking up your kids or all the other pieces or, or take it, walking the dog. I don't know, but there's a lot of pieces in there. I think a lot of us are looking initially to start a private practice from a place of like overwhelm of like, this isn't really sustainable, but like, where does that time come from? How do you like, so that's the picture, right? So I think this initial place that I always like to have people start is creating a vision of what would it really take? Like, is there actually space for you to create even a, a side a side business or the start of a business right now, what could you really sustain? And really for like three to six months, is it, would it be three sessions a week? Would it be six sessions a week? Would it be 10 sessions a week? Is there something that you can negotiate with your current employer to um, move to a four day week with four day week so that you can have one day for your business? Like, is there really space? Because we want to create something that's really really doable. And what you see a lot of times is, is therapists will have this vision like, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to like work my butt off and I'm going to, it's like an, I'm going to like buckle down. I'm going to like, really like, just like, I'm trying to think of that, those silly phrases that people use, but they're going to go hard or what have you. We're going to hustle. I'm going to hustle. And as soon as I get up to 30 clients a week, then I can quit my other job. And yet that really would mean that they're working 80 to 90 hours a week. Yes. And they get to a certain number of clients, maybe 10 or 12. And then they go, I can't sustain this. Like, why can't I never get over 10 clients? I think it's because I'm not good at marketing, or I think it's because fill in the blank. 
And often it's because energetically, you really don't have space to even pick up the phone after a full, you know, a full-time job and this 12 clients a week. And so we have to create a system or a plan. And we'll be talking about this a little bit in further steps about the financial aspect of this. But first and foremost, we need to create like, what is really a vision? And if there isn't really space for this vision, we might have to create a vision where we are looking at ways to um, sometimes put money aside or apply for a loan, or there may be other pieces of what needs to happen to create the space that we need. Right. And everyone does it different. We have Mm -hmm. clients who have chosen to build up their savings, quit their job, and then live off that savings while they build their practice. We have clients who have reduced their hours at their current job or left their current job to work for a part-time job so that they could work on their private practice. And we've had other people who have decided, I'm going to work nights or weekends temporarily. The key here, though, is temporarily uh, doing this, putting aside the money that you make in private practice so that you can make the leap from your job and not have to hold both for a long term. I think there's this other piece, too, um, that which we been kind of talking about is sometimes the reason that you're trying to do this is because you're really burnt out. And when we talk about burnout, we're not talking about ennui, right? Like, <laughs> oh gosh, you know, this working thing is so, it's so problematic. We're talking about, um, do you have stomach aches when you like think about going to work? Are you having panic attacks? Are you waking up in the night? Are you breaking out into a sweat when you're in your car going to the, to the work, like hives and migraines, like I had, yes. (laughs) Or having, um, Kelly having, well, that was partially in trying to do both the things ending up in the hospital half paralyzed. You're right. What is your body telling you? I, I mean, this leads into another question of I'm already, I'm already burnt out. How do I start a practice if I'm already so tired and lacking motivation? Yeah. And I think this is where. For some people, it's being really honest, and this can be really uncomfortable to say, you know, the only difference between burnout and like major depression or major anxiety is the etymology, right? It's the etymology. Right. And so many of us think that we're depressed. We think that we're anxious. We think that we need more mental health care. When in fact, the etymology, the reason that this developed is because we're in unsafe, unsustainable systems, systems, right. That are really, unfortunately, like breaking us down, um, as individuals or as a group. And so if that is you, you may need to be really honest with your healthcare provider about what your symptoms are and be in honest with yourself, honestly, Mm -hmm. because I've definitely had clients and, and friends who realized like, I'm really burnt out. And they took time off of work. Like they went on medical leave. Yes. And during that medical leave, they realized they were able to kind of try on for size. Like, what would it be like to work in another position um, in my private practice? And they went, oh, my symptoms aren't here. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, that's interesting. And so they were able to transition out in that way as well. In our burnout training, we talk about Mm -hmm. from the frying pan to the fryer that people are already fried in one place. And then they're starting their practice from this place of being very burnt out. And while we know that your private practice can be healing to that burnout, we do believe in 
making space for you to heal so you don't replicate the things that caused the burnout in the first place in your private practice. So if you are feeling burnout, you may need some different boundaries at your current job. Mm. You need, need to be speaking up for what you need so that you can be a whole person that you can feel completely embodied and able to have the energy to do this other business that you want to start. And I think what happens a lot of times is that people say, well, you know, and this is a question we get is like, well, what if, so the thing is, I don't want to, I don't want a private practice. Um, I don't have any energy for that. I just need a passive income stream, right? My vision is a passive income stream. I'm going to start this course or I'm going to do this online webinar thing. I don't want to see clients anymore. I don't want to see any more clients. I'm done with therapy, but, but realistically, like there's this thing of like, I'm going to, I want to launch a course. And I want to make enough money so I don't have to see clients. And that's just going to be my thing. And what we find is, is again, it's just, it's this, and we talk about this in the burnout training. You can find it on our website, zinami.com forward slash free, not a plug, but just, it's a good training and it's 90 minutes. So we can't go into all of it here, but this is often an escape hatch. This is somebody is feeling like, oh, this isn't sustainable. And so you're looking for this escape hatch. You listen to a podcast like this one. Someone says, I've sold a million dollars in courses online. And you go, oh, that sounds awesome. That's what I need. But realistically, you don't have the energy to create that course and market it. That is still starting a business. There is no truly passive income stream, y'all. There is no truly passive income stream that doesn't require time, energy, and heart from you. And so we need to create something that's really viable. And you may find that you can't keep seeing clients the way that you've been doing it, but you may find that like creating something that's different um, and, and that is sustainable, you might go like, oh, actually, I really love seeing clients. I just didn't love what I was doing there. Right. This is looking at your vision. And saying, is it informed by burnout or is it informed by confidence and clarity about who I am and what I need to have a really good life and to make an impact in this world? Another question that we have is what if I want, if if what I want is so far from my reality? Mm. I picture my perfectly imperfect day, but I have a baby at home and it feels impossible to find time for me. Mm. I think that's one that we can, any moms out there, or even if you have any kind of parent, any kind of parent. Yes. Any kind of, uh, if you have a a little puppy at home, (laughs) oh my gosh, every time someone gets a puppy and I'm like, well, you got a new baby. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's bad, um, initially, but uh, I think this place of knowing that there is time and that you can do things in stages. I remember what it felt like to have that initial dream of launching a course or doing things that were, that were virtual and feeling like it needed to all happen right then and Mm. there. And there were lots of beautiful things that came during that time, but most of what we've been able to accomplish and our clients as well, it's, it's slow, steady progress over time. It's not a flash in the pan. It's not even when you hear someone who had some amazing thing that happened that seems overnight, it's usually not. There's usually several iterations. There's several failures that came before that. There's lots of tears. There's lots of frustrations. 
And it's a really, I think it's, it can feel heartbreaking when you go, well, I did exactly what that other person did. Like, why didn't I, wasn't I successful? Maybe I'm a failure when it's like, no, 97% of people who do that aren't millionaires now, you know, 97% of people who are investing in Bitcoin right now are not self-made millionaires. There's a few people that did that. Mm -hmm. And, and if we keep trying to kind of rush after them, we're still sitting there feeling like we're doing something wrong. One of the things I encourage when you feel like the vision is very far away is to embrace what is true, what can and cannot be changed in your life. There are things like you can't grow your child to be an independent teenager right away. You know, this is their development is going to take time. So sometimes we go back and we update that perfect and perfect day, accepting the context in which we are in and knowing that this is my perfect and perfect day for now. This is the vision for now. You can have that bigger vision. And if it feels too overwhelming, do a version that is this year of what I want things to look like that's going to get me closer to that bigger picture. So oftentimes, if you feel fear or confusion, it's about acceptance and leaning into who you are and what you need in your life. There are many things about my life I don't want to accept. I don't want to, you know, I I don't want to accept that I have certain illnesses as I sit here with a cast on my foot, you know, I don't, you know, but it is what is right now. And I, while I work on healing those in that context, I'm going to create a business that allows me to do that healing. Yeah. I think that comes up too. There's a lot of people that have a vision of wanting a group practice and they will come in and say, okay, I want to start a group practice. I want to have 10 employees this year. We're like, cool. Have you ever run a business? No. Have you ever hired anyone? No. Do you know how to get clients? No. We're like, okay, cool. Let's talk about it. <laughs> let's, yeah. let's create some space, realizing that there's a lot of learning curves coming up and there are ways that we can create this vision mm-hmm. and do it in a way that's really sustainable and that's healthy for you. What does that look like? Maybe it does look like you start as an, as just a, a one individual and you figure out the basis of it with a smaller caseload and you get that established and then you expand from there. Maybe you are going to go straight into group practice. You really like the administration. You really don't want to do the other pieces, but we're going to start with, Hey, it's going to take me a little while to figure out the foundational aspects of this business. How do I really learn how to be a business owner? Let me get really clear with one person. Let me fill this person up. Let me start with one office space. You know, I'm not going to buy the building, you know, and have 10 offices to fill up on day one and then fill out out on this pressure where I have to make $500,000 this year to just break even, you know. There is math that goes into this that we'll get into in future steps. And I think it is important to have some grace and compassion with yourself in this process, wherever you are. Uh, Corey submitted a question. How do you have a vision or start when you lack the motivation and confidence? I think that is a common question, Corey, that we've gotten (laughs) the confidence issue or not feeling motivated. Sometimes that motivation is connected to burnout. Sometimes it's just a place of being overwhelmed with starting because there is so much to put into place. 
And when it comes to that confidence factor, we talked about in the first episode about really tapping into your strengths and understanding what is truth and what is what is just a mere uh, a myth or narrative that you assumed and took on as your own that really isn't yours anymore. So what is it that you lack confidence in? And one of those things that we often see is I'm just starting. So first of all, check your language. I'm just starting. No, you are starting. It's not flippant or minor. It's amazing and huge. And your language should reflect that. I am starting a private practice. And then looking at, well, where do you not feel confident? Well, I'm just starting. So I should only charge this or should only do this because I'm new. But really, if you want to do this with longevity, that vision informs how to do it in the long run. And you have such an advantage here if you haven't started yet that you get to start with a solid foundation, with a vision in mind, instead of just copying what other people do. That alone should give you some confidence right there. And how many really great established therapists have you talked to that are like burned to a crisp, that are overwhelmed, that they have lost their their focus or passion. Um, I had a great therapist that I uh, shared office space with um, and a great human. I loved him. I loved him. But if you said, Hey, what do you, who do you like to specialize with? He's like anyone who's checked the check cashes. That's not a sense of like excitement about Mm -hmm. the work, right? Like he, I think there's pieces of that, that he was really still excited about, but there was pieces that were not right there versus someone saying like, I am so excited to help new moms who are feeling overwhelmed. They don't know how to set their boundaries and they feel like they, they can't get a moment to themselves. And they're starting to see that's impacting their, their relationships with their child and with their significant other, like that's more specific, or I really want to help dad step into their power Mm -hmm. and figure out how to navigate this whole new, all these new expectations that we put on dads in the last, you know, 10 to 20 years that are just very different, right? Whatever that looks like to be able to share that passion is really beautiful. And again, the research shows, this is um, Super Shrink, Scott Miller and um, Barry Duncan. Scott Miller is the the big one um, that's done a ton of this research shows that outcomes, great outcomes are not associated with years of experience. There is nothing that says that someone that has 30 years of experience is getting better outcomes than somebody that has one, Yeah, which is, you know, distressing, right? Especially for us, we're, we've established, we have many years of experience, but we know that just that, just the years does not track. Mm-hmm. We have to be intentional. We have to really know and dig in And we have to, and we'll be talking about this in future episodes about how to really become great at what you're doing. But this part, know that you want to create a vision that allows you to be great. Mm -hmm. Many of you couldn't be great in the old scenario that you didn't have any control over. Right. You know, I remember having supervisees where they spent more time on the paperwork than with their clients. They had 15 minutes with the client, right? And they had 25 minutes of paperwork. And I don't mean like they were slowly doing it. It was taking them 25 minutes because that's how many boxes they had to check and drop downs. Like it literally was asinine. I think when you 
find that you're lacking that motivation going back to some people are motivated by fear. What will happen if I don't build this practice? Mm. And other people are motivated by the vision. What will happen if I do? What are the possibilities? Mm. And if you lack motivation, you might be lacking clarity of vision, Mm -hmm. your purpose, your why. It's got to be so good Mm -hmm. that it makes you want to get up in the morning and do something (laughs) about it, right? Mm -hmm. So if your motivation is waning, go back to that perfectly imperfect day and say, "Is, is this really fit for me still and get mm-hmm. back to your, why am I doing this yeah. for? And I was one of those escape people. I was starting my practice because it was this or going back to school and starting a whole new career. I could not continue working in the system I was in. I did not go to school to look at medical charts mm-hmm. and approve them and train people on, on how to get their documentation in line. That, that wasn't enough for me. And so my practice had to be something worth leaving a job for worth waking up in the morning for worth, you know, some anxiety spent on, on work and investment in my learning. Yeah. And we have this other anonymous question that came in that really relates back to vision, although it's not going to sound like it initially. Yeah. So they said, I often feel overwhelmed trying to find a schedule where I can balance seeing clients doing billing and insurance, writing progress notes, balancing my books, and having time for myself. I find myself working well into the night after a full day of seeing clients to keep up with it all. So what's really happening here, Kelly? (laughs) This is an example of not holding to the vision. So one of the things that when you do that perfectly imperfect day, exercise from our first episode, is you can compare it to what is now. And where is their alignment and where is their misalignment? Mm -hmm. We have lost sight of the vision when you are out of balance because that vision, usually I have not found someone to create a perfectly imperfect day. That's very out of whack and imbalanced. It's, (laughs) it is more cohesive and aligned with who they are. And it's, it's a very grounding feeling that they have. And so if you aren't feeling grounded and you're overwhelmed with all the things There may be things you are doing that you shouldn't be doing or don't need to do. You may be doing things in a way that um, is harder than it needs to be. Are there processes? We'll get into this in future episodes of processes to simplify Mm -hmm. so that it takes less time. Mm -hmm. And maybe you worked also, this is something we see when people start practices. There's a lot of talk about what's a full caseload, how many clients I should Mm -hmm. see in a day. What you can do in a day in private practice is going to be different than what you did in a system like government work, nonprofit work, those kinds of places. And so they may be replicating a vision that I saw 10 clients today. So I need to do that in my private practice, but they're different and they serve different purposes. They're different kind of work. They're very important, both of them. Mm-hmm. They're part of our mental health care system. But now as you step into a private practice owner, you have to evaluate, am I trying to do too much? Yeah, because as a private practice owner, you are responsible to either do all the tasks or budget to pay someone else to do those tasks. Mm-hmm. So whether you say, okay, I'm, I, you know what? I'm not gonna do that. That's not worthy of my time but then you have to budget for it. And sometimes when you look at what, depending on what state you're in, depending on what you're charging or what insurance contracts you've accepted, 
there may not be space that you left for being able to outsource that. For me, when my original vision, there were two things that came up. One is I heard from people, hey, you have to be licensed for two years before you can take insurance. And I haven't been licensed for two years. It's only been like a year and a half or something like that. And so I was like, okay, I can't, can't do that. That's not an option. And two, I'm like, I'm not a really organized person by nature. Like I knew that I needed my paperwork to be electronic. And this was before EHRs were kind of a thing. This was back in 2007. So this was very, I actually beta tested several of the first EHRs um, or electronic health records out there. And so I knew, Hey, I need to make this as automated as process as automated as possible for me to be able to really like that. And it was really funny is that even some of the things that I was like, Oh, that part will be easy. Like I was, I was cash pay people paid at the time of services. I don't need to do anything with like keeping track of what's happening with the billing. And then I had a, like one client that was like, Oh, sorry, I can't today. And, and all suddenly I'm like lost track of like, I don't, I don't know how much this person has paid me. Like, I don't even know how much they owe me right now, but I'm still working every week. Like what's going on. And so creating those processes that are really like impactful. Now, have I learned how to be more organized? Have I learned how to do better with, with finances and numbers? Absolutely. But I still do it in a way that's very um, uh, responsive, like kind to how my brain works, that I'm not going to be someone who's going to be happy um, trying to push paper and do math by hand, like give me an Excel spreadsheet, give me a Google sheet any day. Um, that's going to make my life a lot easier than trying to reinvent the wheel every time. Throughout this podcast, you'll hear us talking about the different models of practice when you're starting. And this vision that we are talking about informs that model, you know, where you spend your time. Mm -hmm. Do you want to spend it on billing and working with third parties um, so that you can create access in that way? Or do you want to spend your time volunteering and create access for mental health services in that way. And that way your practice is just fully cash pay or there's hybrid models. There's all different ones. And how you decide is you look at that perfect day and you say, is there room for this, this way of being, you know, um, if this person is really doing all the billing and insurance, it, should they be on insurance, you know, and as we go through each of these steps, you will hopefully get clarity on the model that is right for you. We don't have a judgment about that. Just like we don't have a judgment about your vision. You know, some people will say, I want to see 20 clients. I know that that gives me energy. Other people say, I just want like five and then I'll do an intensive. There is no judgment here. You are the expert on what is best for you and when to pivot that. But when you are overwhelmed, you've got to go back to that vision and say, where am I misaligned? Because that will inform you where to outsource, where to get rid of things or where you need to bring in more resource. Yeah. So we will keep talking about that in future episodes. So Hope you have enjoyed today. Next week, we're going to be bringing in a special guest who is struggling with their vision to give them a coaching session. So you get to listen in and see what that really like looks like and somebody coming in vulnerably yeah. sharing their stuck place and seeing how we help them. We don't even know who it's going to be or exactly. Oh, who's it going to be? Marianne Miller. 
oh, Marianne Miller, an eating disorder therapist um, in San Diego, California, that built a completely, she went from teaching um, for a long time at a university and then pivoted to private practice. And now she's trying to work through some vision issues related to moving into courses and um, pivoting again a little bit and kind of, or pivoting back or whatever that looks like. So you're going to get to see how vision plays out whenever you're starting something new, whether you're starting a new income stream or starting your practice and how you can use the vision through each stage of decision-making. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Starting a Private Practice podcast. We hope that you got some of your questions answered today. And of course, if you have more questions, go and write a review and tell us what questions we didn't answer. And of course, we can help you with more questions in our business school for therapists where we dive into every question ever asked by all the therapists ever. It's really fun. You can go to our website at zinnime.com forward slash pod to learn more about business school and find out about other free resources and freebies available for you as a listener. Next week, we're going to be diving into a coaching session with a therapist like you who's trying to navigate their vision for private practice. So I hope you will dive in with us. I hope you loved today's episode. If you're a therapist who's tired of those long hours, low pay, and constantly battling burnout, don't forget our free video training designed just for you on how to build and grow a sustainable, profitable solo or group practice. Head over to zinnime.com slash podcast to check it out today. Until next time.